Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, one and all. This is Bakabytes, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frank Furter, and with me today, as always, is my co-host, Averagely Magic, Magically Average. We today are covering the spring 2022 anime mid-season. Or actually, why did I say that? Why did I phrase it like that? I don't know. We are covering, we are halfway through the season. We're going to just kind of do a review roundup of what you should avoid or what we avoided. Uh, what we're still watching, but we wouldn't necessarily recommend it to a specific, like a broad audience, and then yeah. just must watch for the seasons. Which, if you listen to our episodes in the past, you probably know what's going to be on this list. But if you have not, this is a great jumping in point. We're welcome to have you. Uh, Averagely Magic, how are you today? I'm good. You reused this one. I'm disappointed did in I? you. You did. Very early oh, I on, think you I did. used average, averagely magical, magically average. It's okay. It's I'm the... not upset. I'm just, I'm just disheartened. I didn't realize uh, that our friendship had deteriorated so up, much. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. I mean that too, but you know, it's just it's hard when you when you spend so much time with someone and they just don't care about you as much as you think they do. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I'm I'm it's surviving. Almost as, it's almost as if you know, like I've been doing this shit for about a year now. Oh my gosh! And yeah, this is this is episode fifty-two of Bakabites, aka we've been doing this for a year because hey. this is a weekly show. So congrats to us, I think. Maybe. I, don't I don't have know. little I don't have little confetti sound effects, but just like popping noise of confetti and then trumpets blare, air horn, Hooray. just air yeah. horn. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize it until we just went live. I was like, wait a second, this is episode fifty-two, isn't it? Fuck. Anywho. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's hop into it. I mean, we've we've got three shows on the avoid list, two of which we both watched. You yep. recently watched one of them for a different podcast. 
And then one where I just dropped it. Um, the one where I just dropped Shield Heroes Season 2. Apparently this last episode was very good and better. Not very good. I'll say, like, apparently it was good. Uh, according to our Shield Hero aficionado Stead in our Discord server. He said that, uh, you know, this episode was good, but the past other episodes have not been good. I think they th flew through two or three light volumes in, like, four episodes. Yeah. Some shit like that. Four I, or five episodes. When he said that in the Discord, I was shocked. When I, He was yeah, like, yeah, yeah they, they basically in the first four episodes went through two and a half or three light novels. I was like, that is, that's not steamrolling through. That is just throwing, like, everything you have at the fire and being like, I, I just go, run with it, fucking haul ass. Like, that's just, yeah. that's shocking. That's, it's not good. So I would just say if you're interested in S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, wait for the season to be over and get a general consensus because the vibes I was getting from it for the first two episodes were this is season two of Promised Neverland, which... I'm going to rehash that joke again. Ha ha. I know. It's same, same old, same old. But um, yeah, we, we both just, I avoided it like the plague after episode two and part of episode three. But a show that we actually gave like a try, like a good solid college try past the three episode rule, Aharansan. Yeah. It got old. It just, it, it dried did. out. Like they, they just used the same trope the same jokes, the same goofy banter and, and, you know, silly little back and forth shenanigans. Like I, there's a good way of doing it. And there's just like the overkill way of doing it. And they kind of did the, like, we'll, we'll talk about Kaguya-sama later, but like they do a really good job of revisiting jokes, but that's like, Hey, we have a joke. Here's the pun Like here's the setup. And then like 15 episodes later, there's the punchline. Right. Like they they're very good at recalling jokes. I feel like Aharansan's downfall was that they introduced a joke and then in the entire episode was that joke and by the end of it that that joke was just dead in the water. You yeah. it's just a dead horse and they were beating it with like merciless mercilessly. Yeah. Well, and I at the beginning I got the like Nagatoro vibes of like okay, it's going to start off real slow it's just gonna be these like kind of silly little like here's what's happening today in the art classroom style things and then develop into some sort of storyline of like okay she's going like aharan san is gonna learn how to start talking to other people and making more friends because that was like some part of her character was like she always had to be super close to people so people were always put off by her presence because you know she was in their personal bubble and I was like, okay, they're going to get into it. They have to. This is like the only bright spot of the show is that like this one little piece of character and they just never hit on it. And it was like episode yeah. after episode of just like, oh, here's another goofy thing or, oh, they're at the arcade again. Look at all this funny stuff happening. And, ooh, there's that character coming back. Wonder what's going to happen to them. And I'm like, man, it's just getting old. Like at we, least not. We watched what, four or five? I think we watched five. Four. And then we, was it four? Oh, no, you're right because they're five. they're they're an episode ahead of like the they Most started a else. week ahead. Yeah. So yeah, we we watched five. Yep. Because we haven't watched the last two. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't really suggest this movie or this movie this show just because of how quality other shows and other comedies are out there. 
that it's just a hard sell on this one. It's it's unfortunate. It seemed very promising because the character design was pretty unique. Yeah. And it just fell flat, unfortunately. They just killed every joke. And, like, I, I'm actually really enjoying the fact that more media is putting millennial jokes in there just as... It's just like, hey, they're catching up a little bit with the times or they're trying to appeal to younger audience or whatever. Yeah. So, like, seeing, like, younger jokes is, like... I, I'm really enjoying it, but this one just... They tried it, and it it flopped harder than a fish on a Friday flea market. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen a fish on a Friday flea market, but I'll take your word for it. But yeah. Oh, they flop. They, they flop hard. They flop hard. But oh, yeah. none harder than our last show on the avoid at all costs list because boy howdy. This isn't what a this didn't just brilliant ass shit show. This doesn't just flop. It's like imagine the tallest diving board in the world and just from the very beginning deciding you know what i'm going to as fast as i can fall and land on my back just brutal back just devastation and the show's like like i'll one-up you and make a show that basically encapsulates this yeah they basically like if you i don't think we said it but tomodachi game is what we're talking about yeah i would agree with the like tallest uh diving board situation but instead of like falling flat on your back it's as if they went at for the dive they took it very seriously they jumped off the board and somehow the springboard flipped them behind where you climb up on the ladder for the the springboard and just you fell onto concrete yeah like this show is so bad nose dive right into the pavement it is a train wreck and because of it i cannot stop watching it it's it's one of those shows too where it's hard to get a real read on what 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 what's going through the directors and like the creators minds because i get a sense that they are trying to be super serious like they want it to be very like intimidating like scary and like nerve-wracking and like you're just chomping at the bit waiting for the next episode but then there are scenes and situations where i'm like this is so goofy like this is entirely over the top redonkulous like they have to be pulling your leg like there's no way they're they're trying to be serious and think that this is actually good because it's it's just i'm like i watch it and i'm blown away by the amount of like quote-unquote twists that happen and i say quote-unquote because they are by no means twists they are off the wall just grabbed it out of left field fucking like oh you thought this was my trap card no we're playing a whole different game baby you're not even we're not even playing Yu-Gi-Oh. this is fucking crazy eights get hold on the shit's about to get wild like crazy eights no uh, we're playing war now what are you talking about (laughs) like now i never uh, i never really looked it up until just now this is a manga let me just be clear this is based off a manga do you want to guess as to how many volumes it, it has because it is still going on? It, it's probably something gross. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go crazy like the show and say 22 volumes. You are very fucking close. It is 20. Wow. That's 20 volumes. Astounding. Plus a live action, not just one, but two live action films and a television what? drama. Wait, so all these came out before the anime? 
the the manga started in 2013 still going on 20 volumes they had a television drama in uh april of 2017 did a live action film of june 2017 and then another live action film of september 2017 so 2017 they went wild with tomodachi game what is this fucking lost like did they keep just putting themselves back into the tomodachi game like the quote-unquote twist though for this past episode just to catch you up to speed of this fucking shit show um basically main character guy admits that like or they figured out how like the he exposition of how they figured out the guy was the betrayer of the friend group or whatever and then he takes control of the game and loses the game for himself so he's the only loser of the game because he told the like referee that one of his answers or one of his fibs was actually a lie which if you remember in the rules or whatever if you get caught lying you go to the space in front of whoever's in last place or closest to the goal line because the girl was one space away from the goal line, he automatically loses. And then he reveals like, oh, I lied about this one guy killing somebody because he didn't. I did. I've actually killed three people. And he's just like, and for that, we're no longer friends. I'm going into the next game alone because you guys don't deserve this. And then the guy who betrayed the whole friend group was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to join you because I lied about this fib, and um, the only reason I'm joining you is because I'm in love with you, and the guy's like, ha what? And then just gets, they, they kiss. They kiss. Like, like, but not just kiss, like, full-on. Grab the face, like, just like, oh. And, and dive into the next area, which is like a leap of faith downwards, like, into what they like, call hell. Like This show. It's the, the part that, the one aspect of the show that, that kills me and why I, I just I struggle with the idea that this is serious because and I because I still I definitely believe that it is just an absolute joke from the very beginning is it really highlights how fickle these friendships are because like you know it's like they, they lie and like it's dead and they're serious and there's like backstabbery when they're like creating all these like juicy secret stuff in the last game and everyone's like oh no like I'm gonna side with this person and then they leave. And then something bad happens to one of the other people. So they're like, oh, we'll take pity on you. But then we don't like these people. And then they like create a new group of like the unified friends. But the one part that killed me was the the main guy being like, yeah, I'm a murderer. I killed three people. And the friends being like, I can't be a friends with a murderer. Murder? What? No, it can't be. We can't even be seen with you. I'm like... You're a serial killer, yeah. not a murderer. Yeah, I'm like... What is happening? Like these these kids are either like the most like they basically embody the daytime soap opera dramas of this is a like, Telo Nuevo, but set yeah. in Japan. Yeah, it's like I'm like I'm like okay. Wait, I'm like okay. When's the like? Are they all robots? Like when's the when's the new twist coming in? Like what what's going on here? Like come on, this is like are they all like secretly like actually like adults and they're like world leaders doing it? Like come on, I'm like this show is so stupid, but like you said, it's a dumpster fire. You just can't take your eyes off. You want to avert them so bad. You want to look away because it's just gross and disgusting and there's garbage flying everywhere. But you just can't for some reason. Like, if you really, like, I will never recommend this show to anyone. No. no. Unless, unless you are really, really, really wanting to watch something that is a dumpster fire on wheels, downhill, 
running towards a church with orphans in it. Like, this is so fucking bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, or that, you can that just watch. Got out of you can watch, just watch control. season four of Attack on Titan. That's about oh, the same boy. too. Or just any of fucking Overlord. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. Um, those are the three shows that we would honestly just say avoid. Just avoid this season. Um, I'm still kind of just hoping that Shield Hero season two gets better or redeems itself. Because if it does, then I genuinely might watch it of one day. Yeah. Like, whenever I have the time. There's so many shows that I just need to watch whenever I have the time. But that is, like, the only show on this list that I'm just like, please be good. Please. Please. But, um, yeah, the next list, uh, the next two, which is wouldn't recommend, but we're still watching. Um, because we actually genuinely enjoy them, but they're not something that is just, like... You, it, it takes I, a specific be, audience, be, I, I would say. Yeah, it... I wouldn't put a blanket recommendation on all like on yeah. any of these shows unless it was a specific person. And then we'll we'll get into the must watches of the season. But they're both about the same yeah, they're they've got five shows apiece. So um first one I'll talk about and then you can go into yours and then we can I'll go into mine and then we can go into the two we're watching. But um I would not recommend Birdie Wing to anybody unless you love a good anime ass anime. Because this show is an anime-ass anime. Like, when I tell you that, like, I didn't think this show could get any baddier than it already was, it it just does. It it does. So, like, I, I don't want to go too much into this newest episode, but just just know that now the the underground golf girl is on the side of the Mafia Mafia, who uh not on their side but is golfing for them in order to fight for the casino rights again because the people who had the casino rights were like they had the rights but they only had the like they had the rights to build because this one councilman was gonna say hey like we should have these people build it yeah the mafia hires just like has their goons literally take an rpg to the guy's car while they're on the freeway yeah Japan, a place that is not known for guns, just busts out a fucking RPG out of nowhere. Well, to be fair, it's not a gun. It's a rocket-propelled grenade launcher, whatever it is. I'm saying that a gun is very difficult to get in Japan, (laughs) let alone a goddamn RPG. Well, in all fairness to that, too, uh, I highly doubt that there is an underground golf society running around, roaming around Japan too so you know who yeah, knows and the reason and the reason why they're fighting over golf like they're fighting over it with golf is because they started it with golf so they're gonna end it with golf because why the fuck not life it's begins just, with golf and ends with golf everyone knows that golf is shows, and will always be life this sh- i cannot wait i cannot wait to see what the fuck happens next in the show because it is so goddamn strange and i love it i so love it, is, it so much i'll make one comment though that it is funny that we're putting birdie wing into the like wouldn't remain recommend but still watching as being well, an anime ass, anime ass anime because we did highly recommend sabaku Bisco, which is something that we've always characterized as being an anime ass anime but my guess is that yes, this one's just that that is more of an action one. It's like, if yeah. you like action, then this is, this is the anime ass anime of the, our generation. Like the, this generation of anime to watch. Like uh, if you went back 10 years, I would just say, yeah, go watch Gurren Lagan. But like, yeah, 
I won't not saying Girl Nagan hasn't aged well. It is aged like fine wine. It is fantastic. But I would say that like if you want a current show, go watch Sabakui Bisco. This is a little bit harder to put a blanket, you know, recommend over because it is a sports anime. Yeah. And people either fucking love them or hate them. So that's why it's on this list. Otherwise, yeah, I would put this under must watch because it is so batshit crazy that I love it. It is it's so good. It holds a special place in my heart. But um yeah, I if you like sports anime and you like stupid ass anime that is just like over dramatic to the umph degree, go watch Birdie Wing. But uh tell me tell me a little bit about your one quick hit. Yeah, I would say Skeleton Knight is on the list as being like probably wouldn't recommend, but I'm still watching. It's it's just an isekai. The bit, the easiest way to explain it, and especially after this last episode's have sort of set the stage for what's going to happen next. It's it's taking the part of Overlord where Momonga becomes like the knight and he just goes around and does like merc missions in like a small town and does like quests and stuff. It is that as its own standalone anime. Like they've set the stage for what the next like rest of the season's going to be focused on and like it's okay like the world building is pretty mediocre uh there's not a lot there characters themselves are like they're okay too i mean the main character arc the skeleton knight he's absolutely hilarious like he's a joy his little uh cute furry animal companions is cute and funny as hell but everyone else I is just kind of cute and furry and companion <laughs> and it just go in circles. That's basically how the night was going to go. It's, uh, but anyway, it just like the rest of the show is just fairly average. Um, but for an isekai, like it's okay. There are other better isekais out this season that we haven't watched. I've heard uh, the executioner's way of life. I think it's called is supposed to be pretty yeah, good. I've heard very good things about that. Um, and then obviously Shield Heroes and other Isekai, but that's on the currently do not I watch mean, list. I'm watching but. an Isekai that I would that's on the must watch list, technically. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, um, it's okay. That probably won't recommend it. There's a lot there's a couple of other better shows out this season and definitely like better Isekais in general. So you All right. You said it was fairly average. Would you one maybe say that it might be magically average because it's Isekai? No, it's not magical. It's so forced. Uh, no, because it's video games. So it'd be, I don't know, maniacally uh-huh. average. Yeah, it's just, it's no, okay. I just think it's magic, okay? Whatever. That's fair. There are elves in it. I guess they're magical. Mm. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah, got it. we got it. We, we came full circle. We tied Jokes that loose ends. I'm trying to transition here. No, Jokes I'm never going to, no, I'm never going to let you Fuck transition. You. Get Jokes to your next show. And heroines run the show. Fuck you. <laughs> you you um, wanted to do it so bad that you just kept repeating. I did. It. it was a great transition. I was gonna I was it. gonna keep going until you finally gave up. I but hate you're you determined. Sometimes. You bootlicker. Anywho. <gasps> um Tell me about your anywho. heroine's existential crisis show. It's great. Uh it's it's kind of moved away from the existential crisis to actually being a good slice of life. I'm really enjoying it. Um like the latest episode, they it kind of goes back into like the two pop idols. Like they're like, oh, we got tickets to go see this other like more popular uh, like boy band group or whatever. Just like see what they're about and what we're missing. Like compare ourselves to them and see what we're missing. But the episode turns into um, 
the manager in training in which she's like, yeah, I'm going to see that with my childhood friend. Like, they invited me to go. They bought me a ticket, so I'm going with them. And they're like, oh, we should all go together. And finding out that, like, the reason why she's dressed the way she does or why she, like, why she basically dresses, like, in sweats and doesn't really care too much about her appearance is because her childhood friend way back when, when she was wearing, like, a cute little dress going to a wedding, she was like, that's too girly. Like, that's too girly. You don't look good in there or whatever. And because her friend was, like, the popular one at school, she listened to them and never wore anything girly. The Basically, the boy band, like, the, the two guys, they make it into a fashion thing. They give her a makeover to, like, basically kind of put it in front of the childhood friend to be like, hey, fuck you. They're good looking, too. They could be a princess if they want to be. Aww. And then the like, end, the episode ends with them like finding the friend at the train station, and the friend turns out to be a dude and not a guy, and not a girl. Oh, and that's just like what a twist! Yay. Love interest battle start now. Yeah. So I like it's actually become like a, a fairly enjoyable slice of life. Like it, it's not something that I would recommend per se to anybody, just because of how niche. And kind of like, it, I mean, it's very idly because it revolves around idols. But yeah. um, I mean, if you can get over the fact that, you know, it revolves around idols or if idols is your shtick and you like slice of lives, this is the show for you. I'm really enjoying it. The animation's actually pretty damn freaking good for what it is. Um, so, yeah, if you're really like, if you're really needing another slice of life, like you just you just can't scratch it and you want something like a little different not like Aharansan give this a try like I wouldn't give it a blanket recommendation but like I'm enjoying it I, I really think that it's got some heart to it and uh, potato face girl for the win but um you can never get enough slice of life no you can't we all know but that but I mean fuck our next two shows are slice of life so, yeah um, yeah there you go. Let's let's go with uh, Shikamori first because this was uh, the arc that I had. This was the arc that I had said that I was really looking forward to because this was like the end of the volumes of manga that I was reading. That I was just like, okay, this is actually interesting. This is a good slice of life compared to the beginning where it was just focusing on like, here's the shit that happens to this kid. Here's the shit that happens to this kid. Here's the shit that happens to this kid. Hey, he tries to stand up for himself. Here's the shit that happens to this yeah. kid. Yeah, like this is just legitimately like, hey. Like, here are their everyday lives. We're getting away from those jokes, really. We'll throw them in there when they need to be in there, but we're getting away from that. Here's a little bit more, not character development, but character interactions. Yeah. And I the, the whole past, what, two, three episodes have been mostly about that, which yep. is why I'm actually enjoying it more than I did at the beginning, especially with this last episode, just... I. I was a. I, I won't lie. I'm a little underwhelmed with this last episode. I really like this was the quote unquote festival one with the fireworks and everything else, and I really wanted them to do like something grand with the fireworks, and it was just kind of underwhelming, unfortunately. But like, it's still, it's better than what it was. Yeah, I. I mean, first off, I'm a sucker for festival episodes. I think they're all wonderful, but. I I enjoyed this episode just because again, it's it's pushing towards what I had sort of alluded to last week which is that character development of Izumi our our main boy trying to be more independent ish or like at least be able to hold his own and support himself and seeing a couple of scenes with Shikamori 
where she does not like to be told that she's uh, I, how best to describe it like not useless, but that she can make mistakes and that she's valuable. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying because they're like there's a scene where she's trying to put on her uh, her her what is it not a yukata is it yukata yeah yukata. The, sp- the spring one yep uh her yukata and there's a ebby belt that goes around and she like can't figure out how to tie it and her brother comes in and he's basically makes a quip of like wow you really you really can't do everything can you huh you're kind of pathetic you really at are this. yeah and she was like clumsy what? or something like yeah that. she's like what the fuck did you just say to me and i'm like mm, there it is like she, like th- something irks her with that and then uh i think Azumi says something similar of like you know oh I've seen you at times like you know make a mistake and she's like what did you say it wasn't uh, even necessarily no he said something along the lines of I've seen you make an evil face and I've oh, seen yeah. you like <laughs> yeah. it's just like basically just like when you are irked and whatnot so yeah you know. so like because her whole her whole thing and like how everyone sees her is like this person that's just super cute and bubbly but like you know we've seen scenes of her getting like really intense and focused and competitive and obviously like sort of intimidating when she goes in and saves him so seeing like seeing them sort of start moving towards an equilibrium point of like yes shikimori is not always a badass like she makes mistakes and she does require people's help like she even goes into a competition with one of the other side characters and she's like losing and she's like getting so engrossed in the competition that she almost forgets that they're supposed to go and watch the fireworks together. And so her one friend has to be like, Shikamori, isn't there something that you're supposed to be doing like now, like soon, like you should go. And she's like, Oh shit. Yes. Thank you. Like, it's funny to see those scenes and see like how their characters have come so far from like the beginning, but I, I still need a little bit more from the story, which is why I think we've put it into the category of like the wouldn't recommend, but still watching I'm holding out hope that there's going to be like some of that tension I spoke of before of like, he wants to do something alone. She says, no, again, not to the point where they're going to like break up or there's going to be like a lover's quarrel, but basically just showing that improve, like the development of Izumi wanting to be more independent and, and not have to rely strictly on Shikamori to be at his side 24 seven, but then Shikamori kind of, got a little bit of that this episode with him actually taking her to the spot and her being like let me down let me down he's like no let me do this i'm like i look small but i'm actually strong and like yeah he carries her the entire way there and then there's the point at the end where he's like all right back down the stairs and like the first step he slips and his dad is there to catch him yeah that's that's (laughs) the joke yeah needing to be the joke and the dad just being like hey let's instead of just like let's retell the same joke it's like hey here's the dad let's just end this yeah well, Here's that's, a good wholesome scene with the family. And I think that portion of the episode is why I still am holding out that there's going to be like a more intense or like more strenuous episode of like them really kind of poking at each other and, and figuring out just where their limitations are. Cause I think Azumi's yeah. going to really test it and Shikamori's not going to have it. And there's going to be some sort of little battle internal struggle. Um, but I think if it goes that direction, I'll be pleasantly, I'll be very pleased, I'll say. Um, but there needs See. to be more substance to the story, I think. And or I think we're slowly progressing to that point, but it's, you know, it's taken six episodes. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little longer because episodes yep. seven and nine are going to be delayed due to the studio having COVID a couple months back. So we won't be talking about it for a wee bit. Um, 
but hopefully but we'll have we'll, good we'll news. We'll continue it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll have better we'll fin- news. Hopefully we'll finish it. I feel like shows that do take a break, like a mid-season break for whatever reason, kind of just like, bye. We fell yeah. off. Like even I did that with like when the new season started, I just stopped watching uh, Salary Man's Club, which I was really enjoying. Oh, I mean, I, I was just, the I was the same way with Aquatope on the White Sands. I, I yeah, that was a fall show, I think. I a think fall the or two spring core, or... two core back to back are starting these shows in the middle. Like, unless it is a show that is like an absolute must watch. Like, I feel like Demon Slayer Entertainment Arc was. Well, and like, and Spy Family too. Spy Family and, is a two core. Well, yes, but it's got a season in between to give it that little breather of just right. Like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But if it were if it were a two court, like I would definitely be watching Spy Family because that's something that like I've gotten multiple friends into and watching. And I actually when I'm in town and not busy, I actually have my buddy John over and like we'll watch it on the couch every Saturday morning or we'll watch it over Discord. Oh, so it's just one. Yeah, I know. It's cute. It's Anywho, adorable. Yeah. Him and his wife actually came over this past Saturday. We woke up, we went to breakfast and then we came back and we watched last week's episode and then this past week's episode. So we watched the last two together. Very nice. Because they hadn't seen it. And it's yeah, like that's actually a show. Like even if it was back to back, like that's something that I would actually be enjoyed. Like I would enjoy because it's something that I look forward to every week while other shows are like, I like it, but it's not like yeah gripping well, me like you know and i think shikamori can get away with it because it's it's a delay on two episodes which means that really you'll be watching the final episode of the season when summer season starts so yeah. well luckily we won't have this weird awkward like oh the final episode's actually like six weeks in and you're like well i've got 12 shows on my plate so fat chance i'm going to be able to catch up so yeah, i mean that, hopefully that'll be the case we'll see I don't well, know about got... you though, but I've I've completely given up that the show is going to take a sci-fi twist. Yeah, no, that's not, that's out the window. That's why I've yeah. I've now pivoted to my new story Theory. plot. Yeah, plot through like thorough line, but yeah, we'll see that's what fair. happens. Yeah, and then the last show that is on our like wouldn't recommend, but we're still watching is uh, Onipon. I absolutely adore this show. I messaged you this weekend. I found out this is not actually a kids show, which this shocked is... me. This is actually rated TV 14, which is, it makes sense. Yeah. There are kid elements to it, but it is also kind of adult-ish. It's like, I don't know who they are trying to market this towards. I have I no really idea don't. either. Okay, well, because like everything about it sort of screams that it's a kid show. Because it's like, it comes out Saturday morning in Japan. It's yep. only 14 minute episodes. So very short. Basically, like what you'd imagine a kids show here, because, you know, whenever a kids show comes on, it's normally two episodes and each episode is like 13, 12 minutes ish. So I'm like, like OK, a Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends or a SpongeBob. Yeah, exactly. Codename Kids Next Door. God, yeah, you I can keep it. There's so many, so many good shows. So Cat many Dog, Cow- shows. Courage of the Cowardly Dog. Oh, could go Angry on and on. Angry Beavers. Oh, my gosh. Angry Beavers. What a show. But we're talking about Japanese shows and specifically the only pond. And I'm like. When you said that there was TV 14, I was like, there's no way. But then when you think about the content, you're like, okay, yeah, I guess so. But there, it's not like they there's any, like, fighting with, like, blood and gore. There's no, like, like swearing, like, you know, nothing like that. So it's, it's just odd to see it as TV it's 14. Just, I feel like it's because the vocabulary might be just a bit up there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of quips. And the like situational... They have, like, 
yeah, the situational comedy and everything else, I think that's probably why they bumped it up. But, like, yeah, to find out that this wasn't a kid's show was shocking, to say the least. Yeah, especially since we'd been, like, harping that, like, oh, this is a kid's show, but it's still really good. And like, now we're just like, oh, doing it's... a kid's show, but yeah. it's like, nope. <laughs> but it's still, like, can... it, it again, it's... I would personally say it teeters on the, like... If we created another category between wouldn't recommend but watching and must watch and having it be like the soft watch where like you know you give it a try like we would we would suggest it because we're enjoying it but we don't like we think you'd have to just at least give it an episode or two just to test it out um, yeah like if you if you were an anime goat like my our buddy uh our buddy mick it was like hey give me another show to watch yeah this wouldn't be something that i would suggest him because he doesn't watch a whole ton of anime but if you do watch a lot of anime and you're like, give me something random to watch, this would be like at the top of that list. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just, it's, it's funny. It's got a lot of like really just wholesome elements to it too, which yeah. I enjoy out of a slice of life, but it's, you know, it's unique. It's only kids going to a small, like suburban area that doesn't have a lot of Oni to unify the human only relationships and then they're also kids so they go to school and there's like the school aspect there's the like you're also on a mission aspect there's just the overall like ridiculousness of things that they do you know because they're super strong and like again they put on leopard print underwear to like transform (laughs) magical girl style like there's a lot of like really funny elements to it and it makes it unique but you know it is a very odd show so it does teeter on that like wouldn't recommend it to a newbie anime watcher, but for a veteran one, yeah, why not? Give it a try. I would say, though, like this past episode, just to briefly talk about it, really enjoyed it. It was funny. It was, it was a battle royale of Momo, Momotaros. Yeah, like the... Basically, people who thought they were the true descendants of Momotaro and their city was the where Momotaro exi- like, first existed. Yeah, and for those who don't know, Momotaro is like the defender against onis like way back in like japanese folklore like was the one that protected the country against oni which again is why that there's the need for the oni girls to go out and create those bridges and fill those gaps with the relationships with humans so yeah this episode was like a tower (laughs) a tower battle Battle royale Royale. because against all the different girl it was cool too because it was kind of informative like talking about the different regions and like what what pro- I was like, like this is where the kids they produce. Part, this is where the kids show comes in yeah. where they're teaching you about like Japan and its history and its areas etc. Yeah. They're like showing all the different shrines dedicated to Momotaro. They're showing all the different products like related to Momotaro and like you know what's what's the what's their highest export or like who's yeah. the most famous person there like it was <laughs> it's super formative and it was still really fun to watch and enjoyable. I like the um the Yu-Gi-Oh slash Magic the Gathering reference towards the end, God, like the card battle, yes. which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, no, this show, this show is just a blast. It's short. It's if you're a veteran anime watcher, or you think that you watch a decent amount of anime outside of just like shonen. I'd give this a shot just to see if you like it. The, the at worst you want, you miss. You lose that on 15 minutes. Like, that's, yeah. like, the first episode, I think, is, like, the longest. That's 16. The rest are 14. Yeah. Something like and that. And we even forgot the, the biggest takeaway from it. It has some of the best 3D out of any show ever. It still like it baffles me. <laughs> it's so funny that this show has, it like... Well, I mean, it, it is Wit Studio. It's Wit Studio. Of, it is Wit. 
So you know, like, they did a good I, job I would with say it. at this point, like wit, wit surpasses by a not a mile, but pretty fucking far. They surpass Mappa on animation. Yeah, I mean, we'll see about Cloverworks, but like they're both way up there. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, if you were to give a grade, I think Wit does better across all the different aspects of animation. But I don't personally, I don't think anything can beat Mappa's fight scenes. Like, I don't think anything can can top that. I'm not talking about Attack on Titan with the stupid like 3D at Titan bullshit. I'm talking like Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm talking. I think I think Wit got pretty close with the not this week but last week's episode of Spy Family. The whole castle scene where he's running through the yeah. balls like. That they was pretty good. Pretty fucking close. That was pretty smooth. But it's Wit and Cloverworks working on Spy Family. Well, don't forget that. Well, that's because well, no, no, no. Wit does the odd number episodes. Cloverworks does the even number episodes. Okay. So like so they were... they are it is literally yeah. like they're doing one a piece. So it's like they have the two weeks or whatever to put out an episode to take their time and do it. So like episode five, the castle episode, that was a Wit episode. It, wit is odd. So it's like. That alone was just wit. Like, that was pretty fucking smooth, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, I, I think that they are actually getting better with the combat. But, I mean, even, like, movie production, too, like, Cloverworks can't be beat. Mappa, they did fucking phenomenal with Dra- uh, Demon Slayer. But, wait, that was... De- yeah. No, Ufotable was no. Demon Slayer. You're talking about JJK Zero. Thank you. Yes, I am. I would say that, like, when it comes to movies, like, Ufotable and Cloverworks are very, very, very good. But Wit is fucking good there, too, because, like, Bubble was, like, as much as we gave it shit last week, or I gave it shit last week, Bubble's animation was phenomenal. Yeah. It was pretty as shit. Yeah. And I actually showed John and Katie the trailer for it, and I was like, did you know that this movie is about parkour? And they're like, the fuck what? <laughs> I would I would also just say overall we're very very lucky to be living in the age now where just ge- animation in general is improving in like yeah. by leaps and bounds almost like it feels like every season there's like new pieces of animation that you're just like blown away by so yeah go back 5 years and you and watch something from today or even oh God. here do this go watch early at like my hero academia and then come back and watch my academia now Oh yeah, like no, it's, they it's... they they've in that short period of time have done a shit ton with animation. Yeah, worlds of difference. But yeah, but those are the shows that we wouldn't necessarily recommend to everybody. But we are still watching and enjoying ourselves. The last list, which is the creme de la creme, the best of the best, the must watch. We've got five of them, and I've got one, and the other four are both of us. So I'm just gonna start talking about your boy Kong Ming. Oh yeah, your boy. Yeah, boy, this is the isekai of the season. Technically speaking, it is an isekai. Yeah, you're right. If Technically, we... yeah. So, your boy Kung Ming, like, if you didn't hear Antaro talk about it when he was on the show with us, if you haven't heard me talk about it the past few weeks, this show is goddamn great. It is, it's got the comedy, it's got the well, like, or it's got the well thought out, like, character, uh, not descriptions, not progression. Why can I not think of the word? Development? Building? No, character. Um, I'm 
blanking is so I'm trying harder. to help so hard. Oh my god. I'm gosh. blanking harder than Tomodachi is running downhill. Oh um, no. Yeah. Just like yeah, overall basically character. The yeah. The overall character uh not designs, but just how writing. God, why? How? The character the characteristics. Character <laughs> the characteristics, the character writing. The character writing is amazing. And then the last thing that like kind of people don't really realize or think about because like they're like, oh, it's all about this tactician or whatever. It's first and foremost a music anime. This the music in the show is goddamn phenomenal. Like it they've the past episode they kind of the past episode or two, they've kind of rehashed some of the same songs, which you know, you can only have so much of a budget for a show like this, and especially I don't know what High Dive's budget is or what uh, Sentai Filmworks their budget would be, but like the music that they've introduced in the show has been fantastic. It's been very good. Like it's something I would listen to outside of just watching the show. I mean, the OP like, alone is like such a bop. The OP is a bop. I would not listen to it just because like it is such a weird bop. But it is a good fucking bop. It's an earworm, though. That's the problem. Like, it's not like yeah. fantastic by it's any means. It's not a good but song, <laughs> it's, but it is it'll an get earworm. stuck in that your is, head. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a good song, but it is a goddamn earworm if I've ever heard one. Um, but, like, the show in general is just so well produced and the animation is great, too. Like, I think I talked about it two weeks ago where he's trying to recruit the rapper and he's like, doing laps around the rapper in like a uh uh not a laundry room but like a what's a communal laundry room play laundromat laundromat yeah yeah he's doing laps around this kid in a laundromat but the kid starts like tripping out as if he's on mushrooms or something and he starts seeing colors and everything and multiples of kong ming like it is it is very well animated the music is phenomenal the character writing is great and just the plot in general is pretty darn good. And the fact that it's such a unique isekai really, I, I would honestly, it is such a good show on so many different levels that it's something that I would highly recommend to anybody who wants a comedy or wants a music anime or wants an isekai. Like there's three genres right there alone that you're like, oh, if you need something in one of those genres, go watch this. It's yeah. it, if you think it's going to be too much of an isekai, no, it's got the music elements, it's got the comedy elements. You think it's going to be too much of comedy? No, there's a good plot to it. The character progression is good and it's well thought out. Oh, you, uh, just like there's something for everybody in the show, which is why it works so fucking well. Yeah, and I, I really, I'm I'm kicking myself so hard for our spring preview episode for like poo pooing the show. Without yeah. even giving it an episode, because we just saw the name Ya Boy Kong Ming. I mean, we did we did read the synopsis, and it was like eh, it was like an isekai. I I think I'm slowly making my way through it, so I'm not as far as you are. But the one thing I will say that I, I think does it the most justice is that yes, it is an isekai, but it's not an isekai at the same time, like. It's it takes place in the same world, so you don't have this this issue of like really poor world building or world development or anything. Like you don't have to set up anything. It's basically just a yeah. historical figure from China gets reincarnated in today's twenty twenty one twenty twenty two era of of Tokyo. 
Like, yeah, there's he, nothing else you really need to, to say beyond that. Like, there is portions of it where, like, he brings out, Kong Ming brings out, like, his tactician acumen, and, like, he does speak in a very, like, not, like, a, like a stoic sort of, traditional. Like, Traditional. Yeah, there you go. Traditional manner. Obviously, his clothes are traditional as well. But like, other than that, there's not the whole like isekai tropes of like, I can't say that I have this knowledge because it'll freak out these people who don't know what a smartphone is. Meanwhile, Kong Ming's like, "What is everything around me? What are you holding? This has what in your hand? Excuse me." Like, there, it's like almost so this re- reverse. Is, yeah. So, yeah, I, the I, only. Oh, I was going to say, the only joke that they really make about it being an isekai is, does he always dress like this? Do you really think he's the real yeah. Kong Ming? Like, those are the only two jokes that they make about it. And even then, people, like, because Kong Ming just straight up is like, I am Kong Ming. And people are like, haha, you're funny. You, I yeah. like you, kid. We're going to hire you or some shit. I don't know. They They get drawn to him. But, like, the only jokes they make are, does he always dress like this? And do you really think he's the real Kong Ming? And people are like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think yeah. I think that plays into it, which makes it like an enjoyable, again, quote unquote, isekai. Because I see it more as like a music slice of life sort of show, but it does a really good job at everything too. Like yeah. again, like you said, like the characters are really fun and interesting and exciting. the 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 plot itself is really like unique. Like everything about it is just a joy. Yeah. I'd agree, and that's that's why it's on my must-watch. Like, you should be watching this show. Yeah. But um, moving on from that to something a little more tame, uh, this was your dark horse of the season that I actually agree is phenomenal, but Diamond. This this was a show that I thought was just going to be... It was going to be so-so. It was going to be fine. It wasn't going to be something super interesting, but each and every episode that goes by, I find myself more and more engrossed in this show. Because they each episode is like its own mini story in the fact of I, I'm, slice of life's do well in the general sense of just like they have an overarching story and they have like a bit of a conundrum to them. But this is like this has one conundrum, and here are multiple little individual stories that are wrapped up nicely each and every episode. Yep, and th- I think that's why I like this show so much. Yeah. I mean, it sort of is a red herring, too, because it's everything from the trailer to even, like, the the poster of the show, even the the quick synopsis is you just imagine it being, like, a here's a girl, 11-year-old girl, who works at this sweet shop that's in line to take it over, but, ooh-wee, we've got some issues. The son of the owner comes back after 10 years and what crazy cases are going to come up from this? How is this going to shape out? Find out next week. Like that's how it's marketed. It is so much, not like they No, like nothing about that is even remotely close. Like, sure. There is like the, the, the girl Itsuka and the uh, boy Nagumo, Nagumo, Nagumo. Um, Like, there is still that element of like the yes she's in line to take it over but he's the son like how are they going to grapple with that like is he going to is the son going to become the sweet chef that his grandfather had always hoped he'd become or will he fall and will Itsuka actually take over the reins and be in charge as you know the current owner 
is hopeful for. Like there is still that, but every episode doesn't even really touch on it. Like that's a complete in the background. It's like almost like a secondary side story to what's really happening episode to episode, which is like you said, all these little conundrums, these tension building pieces that in my mind, this is the most important piece encapsulate every single character that we're introduced to. Like we've got the main kid and the young girl. We've got the parents who are the owners. We've got the, the workers there, right? That's I think roughly like seven characters and they're all important to like almost every single episode in some fashion. Like they all play an important role and you're like, you're constantly enthralled with like what's happening to them or what their backstory is and what they're going through in life because it's set up so well episode to episode in terms of like what's going to happen and how are they going to overcome these issues? Like it is nothing about the sweet shop. The sweet shop is just like a, a tool they use to tie in some little elements of like, Oh, here's a sweet we make during this time of the year. And then bam, this time of the year creates this like memory of something horrible that happened. And then what, how are they going to overcome it? You're like, where did that come from? Like, I thought this was just going to be about sweet shop making. Like it is emotional. It is fraught with tension and anger and lust at times. Like there's a lot of going on in it. And boy, howdy, does it all make it such an incredible show. Like, it, it is so yeah. much fun. It's, it's, it's a fantastic show. It's a better slice of life than I gave it credit for or ever thought it would be. And props to it. Like, it's just, it's very well done. But yeah, we've got three shows left. And these are the big three of the season, in my opinion, outside oh, yeah. of potentially summertime rendering because fuck you, Disney Plus. Um, or I guess just Disney in general, but, um, yeah, we can limit it to Disney plus. It is Disney plus's fault. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I'll, you listening we'll start... from Disney plus go. Fuck yeah. Yourself. All, all point five of you, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, let's, let's go into Comey first, just for the fact that it is the newest show this season for us. Um, it's got the least amount aired... episodes so far. Yeah. It, it aired on time in Japan, but, uh, because Netflix is going to Netflix, they did not give it to us on time. They were like, nope, you'll just have to wait until three or four weeks before you get to watch the glory that is Comey. And um, yeah, Comey, it's 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 what we got in season one. But I feel like that this season is going to be better for the fact that they've stopped introducing so many people to you they will continue forever to introduce more characters however they've stopped just throwing them at you at a breakneck pace yeah to just develop more of the character interactions and ha like their uh their stories and how they yeah just developing characters i guess is the better way of saying it They've, they've taken aside to making a hundred friends and now they're focusing on the character development and the character relationships, which is what makes a good slice of life. Granted, this is a comedy slice of life, but, and the comedy is very much so still there. Yes. 
but the it's I knew the show was gonna be good after reading X amount of it, but man, oh man, I love this show. I it's it, fantastic. It's in. It, again, it doesn't try to like reinvent the slice of life genre too much. Like it has your you, your unique character in Comey, someone who's very well has a communication disorder, and they constantly harp on that too. And it's a big part of her personality and a big piece of her character development is trying to overcome that and make those hundred friends. It takes place in a school. Nothing new there. Like it's a lot of friends, a lot of people, interesting people. Um, but I think it does it so well because you get beyond the whole, like, oh yeah, it's just about making friends to, it's about actually like exploring what it's like to be in high school with some, like with the communication disorder, like that's a lot to overcome. It's not just something easy that can be fixed in a day and it's navigating that it's also seeing and observing how other characters are growing around you and seeing if you can match them basically. Cause to what you alluded to, like this season is definitely going to be more about taking the characters we've already been introduced to and seeing how they grow and what relationships they form with one another and basically finding out how from there she can Comey can continue to create and develop new friends. And, you know, it's hard because we both read through the current, amount of volumes that are out in English, but there's a lot of fun things to happen in this season and following. Um, But right now it's just, it's really enjoyable to see like everyone that we've been introduced to, like the motherly character, the, the airhead character, the, the country bumpkin, the otaku one, the creeper stalker one, like all of them seeing how they interact with one another with Comey how those friendships become created and yeah, it's just, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. It's, it's just a great show because it's got a, like, while it does have a lot of anime tropes in it, it also like, there is just some character or some thing in there for everyone in which it's just a very accessible and digestible show. And it's a comedy who doesn't yeah. like a good comedy. I think the writing in the comedy bits about it, like they keep because I mean the problem we said with Aharon San, they just fucking drove a nail into the coffin each and every episode with a new joke. Like the I don't feel that way with Kaguya, even though some of the jokes are very samey. Um, they play on her communication disorder a lot, but they generally keep the jokes fresh and new, and yeah, it's it's just a good time. It's just yeah, well I, and it. And I think it like this season, it's already sort of set itself out to be less about like, oh, she has trouble trouble speaking with people, to now it's like, well, how do those people adapt to her, and how do they form those new relationships with one another? Because like we have one new character in Katai who's like hilarious. He's my new favorite. He's uh, great. I, I love him, and I want to protect him with all my heart. Protect, but. He, like, outside of him as the new character, like, really, it's just been episode to episode, like, seeing how these characters are interacting with one another. And not to say, like, Comey is, like, a side character now, but it's less about her and more about how everyone around her is developing, you know. And then seeing, again, like what I said before, like, seeing how she's now growing, seeing if, like, she can overcome some of those communication, you know, 
things that was troubling her, like being able to just say hello or being able to talk on the phone and stuff like that. Like we we're seeing it very slowly, but it's not the focal point of this season. Whereas it was last season. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And it's just, yeah, we can gush about it, but we got two other shows to gush about. Um, Kaguya-sama season three. All I can Uh, say is that it's just absolutely hilarious. Like I think this is right now one of the funniest seasons so far. I don't think I've laughed harder out loud at at like every single episode as I have in this season. It's just <laughs> like we we spoke about it, I think, last week or the week before that it, it it does an incredible job with taking a joke that they've they've introduced before and rehashing it and making it feel fresh and not that like was literally like 20 minutes ago. Well, yeah, we said it 20 minutes ago, too. But like. We, we, we harped on it a lot in a previous episode because it was the one where they go to karaoke and like the whole thing with Chika having to train uh, sh- uh, Shirogane. And, like, Shirogane. Yeah. And, and like yeah. Him, him wanting to sing and like him wanting to rap and him being off like that whole tr- like continuous joke from like season one. Like it's not old. Like you don't look at it and be like, oh God, not this again. You're like, this is absolutely hilarious what's gonna happen this what time else, what else is he inept at yeah like yeah you're, yeah you're basically just viewing it from the standpoint of like okay yes this is a joke that's continuing but it's it's funny because it's from a different perspective or like it's a different fault with him that you're wanting to explore more like it's it's all around so funny and and they they come up with new jokes too like this previous episode is parent teacher conferences and uh I, Shiragane's I father just, <laughs> well oh so my god so Kagawa is there I died laughing I, at this no, I, whole fucking scene this killed me so basically the, the setup with like all these other students and their parents going into the conferences with the teachers and I, I don't know if this is common in Japan or just they had this is how they de- depict it in this show but like it's more at this point in, in life in high school like an opportunity for the students and parents to talk with the teachers and the teachers to basically ask them like, what do you want to do with your life? And then to like figure out what the next steps are. It's not like when you're in elementary school and it's basically like, Timmy's great. He's good at coloring. He does go outside the lines at times. Like it's like, okay, what's your next step in life? So it's like very intense. So Kago is with uh, the maid Hayasaka and mm-hmm. Hayasaka is like, her mom. Well, yeah, and, and Hayasaka's mom shows up, and Hayasaka's, like, all, like, super cute. She's like, oh, my gosh, mother, you're here. I didn't think so. And Kaka's like, oh, she's such a mother's mother's daughter. And then out of the Mom's blue, girl. out of the blue, fucking Shiragane's father comes up. He's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, God, what? What do you want? What do you want? Hello. And he's like, mm, are you looking for your father? Because I can be your father. I can. Have you gone all the way with my son yet? I'm basically your so father weird. at this point. So but the weird sexual funny. tension, this yes. weird sexual tension. Like if anybody else had heard this, they would think that this man is hitting on this high school child <laughs> was <laughs> just so fucking awkward and funny. But then, so it's it like, was it's seeing, so good. it's seeing Shiragani's father. And then also Hayasaka basically having described to her mom, like, Oh, by the way, this is a, the boy's father who Kagawa likes and her mother being like, Oh, let's see how far we can take this. And then they're like, will you be hit her mother today? And she's like, yeah, sure. And they like kick open the door. We're like, we're here as Kagawa's mother and father for parent teacher conferences. And Kagawa's in the background. Like what is happening? I'm going to die. Oh God. It was so funny. 
I yeah, I had not busted but like, a gut in <laughs> so long. Just like every episode, and and again, like it's it's a school setting. It's nothing new. Like it it even is. It's more confined too because it it's focused around like this one group of students, which is the student council. Like it's like we're limited to a certain amount of characters. Plus a handful, plus a handful of characters outside of it. Yeah, who show up from occasion, but like it, it's it's few and far between, and then really it's very limited to like I would say four to five characters outside who who routinely show up. So you're not like overwhelmed with characters, but boy oh boy does it do such a fantastic job with the with with the anime setup of here's an episode with like three to four short little bits each episode that is just hilarity from top to bottom you're constantly on the floor laughing like and there are some serious parts too because like the whole show is premised around like shiragane and kagawa having to fight over each other but like not wanting to confess to one another to show weakness it's you know love is war yeah i would say that up until this point it's been a lot of comedy and character building but no real plot other than just you know they like each other and who's gonna con you know yeah i mean who's gonna say it first but this episode actually introduced a timeline and a plot point for us in which they reveal shirogane wants to go study in stanford which is not in japan it is all the way in the united states of americas yeah and uh it's one of those things that it's like cool we are actually going to start progressing this plot yeah so it it it's one of those things that it's taken three seasons, but we finally have the, like the, the countdown of just like, okay, is this actually going to happen? So I think they they've handled, it's been two and a half seasons. I can't wait to see what happens in the last half of this season because of this now one specific scene. Yeah. There's tension. So, we finally have yeah. tension before it was all just kind of jokes and ha-has. Now it's real. Is it going to happen or not? Real stakes going on. Now. Exactly. But, um, our last show, which us, our friends, the internet, everybody, except for maybe one person out there who's a weirdo, but who cares? It's fine. Yeah, is gushing we know who over. you are, weirdo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who you are. But uh, Spy I Family. I do. Yeah, Spy Family. Spy X Family. Yeah, it's the guy who got banned on Twitter for <laughs> God, saying We're really not talking about him. No. Yeah, we're anywho. not talking about that person. Yes. God, what a bastard that person is. Um, Spy Family. Spy Family is... I, I will forever I will say it until I am wrong or until somebody gives me a, a counterpoint. This is the most digestible, easy to watch anime, easy recommendation to give to anybody who wants to either get in the medium or just, you know, is curious about it. It's just like this is the blanket recommendation. Yep. Because there is something for everybody and not a lot of tropes to it. The only real trope that I can really think of would just be the overreactions to certain things. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it plays into itself at times, I guess, with the way that the characters are like Anya is a telepath so that she can read people's minds. And yeah, like the reactions are, you know, a li- little bit over, over reacted. God, I'm like losing my brain noggin now, but no, I get that. It, I would say though, that it is, easily digestible from multiple standpoints in that like again you have a very simplistic world it's basically cold war era and not 
the foreign land, it's basically just a resemblance of like Eastern Europe or excuse me, Western Europe during the 1960s and 70s. It may or may not. Yeah. May or may not be Berlin, Germany in the fifties or sixties. Yeah. I wouldn't so, put it in the seventies. I would put it in the fifties or sixties for the time period. Yeah, that's fair. But like, again, nothing crazy. You don't have to like go into this huge world building piece. There's really not much outside of that. You have very interesting, intricate, yet, you know, is I wouldn't say relatable, but like they're enjoyable to follow characters. They're not like super overbuilt. They don't have like crazy backstories of like twists and turns. It's just like, here's a character that's a spy. Here's a character that's assassin. Here's a character that's a telepath. Are they going to get more into their back stories? Yeah, of course. But you don't have to like, you're not wondering or you're not like having to like starve for the details. I need to of, know like, it. Yeah, exactly. And then you have your plot, which is like here it's set up in like what episode one, basically of like, this is what's going to happen. Your mission is this cool. Everything's set up. Yep. Like you get the entirety of the show placed out in front of you by episode two. And now you just get to run with it for the rest of the show. And it's every single episode has comedy, action, suspense, drama, like there's nothing more that you'd want from an anime than what spy family has to offer. Cause again, like you said, it has, unless you're like an isekai nutcase and you're like only watch isekais, then sorry, this isn't an isekai. So it's not for you. But if you enjoy digesting other types of genres in the anime world, this show essentially has every single one that you'd want slice of life, action, drama, everything, cute characters. God, who doesn't want, Anya as uh, like a little cousin like she's adorable like incredible and then we're not even gonna talk about your and also don't look up your online right now because it's getting a little out of hand but anyway or Lloyd basically any of the adults maybe Frankie Frankie's okay I think Frankie's safe Frankie Frankie's great Frankie's good boy love Frankie but no I mean Frankie's great boy it is it's it's so incredible I, I I've spoken with other people about it too, and I made I made sure that they knew Frank that your opinion was that is this genre, this generation's Cowboy Bebop, and they they were quite taken back, but not shocked, opposed, right? Not opposed. They, they were they were a bit like, huh, but not well. Now hang on, so you might yeah. be onto something. I mean, I think we're six episodes in it's a two core i think by episode by the end of this first core we will have a general idea our general consensus from everyone that's been watching it what the reaction is and i highly doubt it is anything less than this show is stellar. what we've already been saying yeah yeah i mean i i don't see it slowing down i don't see it like tripping up i don't see a point especially since we both read the source material i don't see a, a, a portion of this show ever reaching like a uh, I, I'm getting kind of tired of it. Like it, it is always going to continuously ramp up because it has the ability to, because again, it's very simple. It's very th- straightforward. It's not too complex and you can build onto it without having to like do these stupid back stories of like the, Oh, by the way, we have to take three episodes out of your time to set this next stage up. It's like, no, you're constantly moving forward. You're constantly progressing. There's no stopping this train. We are going. So hop on board. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I we can gush about it and gush about it and gush about it, but more than likely you're already watching it. 
So you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, but if you do have a differing opinion, please come tell us. Tweet at us, at Bakako Podcast. We'd love to hear why you, in general, like, I feel like we are pretty decent about keeping it civil and keeping, you know, opinions open about what you're, yeah. if you're actually enjoying something, not poo-pooing all over it. Yeah. To each other, yes, we'll do that all day long. But when we have a conversation with anybody else, it's just like, okay, we'll explain what you like about it and just be like, cool, I don't see it, but, you know, I'm glad you're enjoying it. We're very Type civil. of vibe. So I'm curious, if there, if you do not like this show, Spy Family, please tell us why. If you're not, if you don't want to, you know, say it out loud on Twitter, just DM, DM one of us, DM the Twitter account. We both have access to it. And and just tell us why, and we'll have a conversation about it. It'll be fine. I'm, we're not going to yell at you like, you're the worst person ever in the world. Fuck you. Just tell us. But uh, if there's something on your list that you think we should be watching, such as, uh, what was that one show about the... The, the Executioner's Way of Life. Oh, yeah. oh there's that oh, one. Is, the um, Executioner's Way of Life, but also the Power Rangers show. Yes. Whatever, uh, Love After love, something or another. Yeah, Love After World Domination, I think it's called. Yeah, something like that. If if you're watching shows that we should be watching, tell us what we should be watching. Tweet at us, and uh, you can find all of our socials there, Discord, buy us a coffee, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and just tell us what you're watching, what you're enjoying, et cetera. And we'll, et cetera. Uh, and we'll take it. Et cetera. And we'll et cetera it and et cetera, et cetera. it and uh, forward it to it, et cetera. So, yeah, you know, I can't think. I'm, my brain is so fried after today. So uh, until until next time, everybody, Spark Triumph, we'll see you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up! Back up!